0: It's an emergency podcast. Robin Hood is going public, and they filed their S1.: Yes, that's right. Robin Hood, yum-yum for JCal, has filed its S1 to go public, and they are allocating between 20 percent and 35 percent of their IPO shares for you. the retail investor, the Robin Hood app user. Oh my God, We're going to break it all down right after this quick message. We all know that marketing budgets don't grow on trees. The good news is right now, LinkedIn is going to give you a $100 credit towards your first ad campaign. Over 78% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as the most effective social media platform for reaching objectives. That's so obvious. Why? Because there's 62 million decision makers on LinkedIn and they mean business. Imagine you're about to launch a marketing campaign. It tested well, you like the creative, the team's happy, everything's going according to plan, except you have one thought in the back of your head, how do I ensure the people I want to target will be in the mindset to receive my message? Well, the answer is LinkedIn. When you market on LinkedIn, you are getting people in the right context. Think about it, the context matters. They're doing business on LinkedIn, you're giving them a business message, they're ready to do business. LinkedIn equals business, business equals LinkedIn. It really is that simple. And you can have all these amazing tools for brand building or lead generation. You can target professionals down to their job title, company name and location. So do business where business is done get a $100 ad credit right now linkedin.com slash this week in startups that's right you go to linkedin.com slash this week in startups and you get a hundy $100 for free terms and conditions of course apply because you're getting a hundy all right thanks linkedin you did a great job this year supporting independent media like this week in startups and i truly appreciate it okay this is a classic yum yum for J. Cal and a yum yum for you the listener perhaps you have a robin hood account and you'll be included in this groundbreaking revolutionary IPO, earlier today, Robin Hood filed their S1. That's a document you file uh, when you're going public with the SEC. This means they're going public soon. They didn't indicate the target valuations, but plan is to raise a milli in the IPO. And, as I said in the opening, they're going to give uh, or planning to give 20 to 35 percent of those shares to retail investors. This is an extraordinary event in the history of companies going public, they're going to trade under the ticker hood, which is super cute dollar sign h o o d is going to be pretty popular on Twitter going forward. Some highlights they've got 2100 full time employees, and their 2020 full year revenue $959 million almost a billion, up 3.5 x from 278 million in 2019. Obviously, the pandemic very good for Robin Hood. They broke even in 2020, even recording a $7 million profit, losing a meager $106 million in 2019 compared to other uh, startups on this scale. Usually people are burning through money. 2020's Q1 revenue, $522 million. That's 4x from the time period last year. Q1 of 2020, revenue was just $127.5 million. And if you were to times that number by four and assume no growth, puts them at over $2 billion in revenue, obviously they hope to grow quarter after quarter 331 million of 2020s q1 revenue was payment for order flow, about 63% of their total uh, revenue. If you don't know what payment for order flow is a little bit controversial, where uh, different brokerage firms pay a fraction, I think it's like a very small fraction of uh, a penny or maybe even a penny for your deal flow. And that's why they can afford to give you free trading. That's the concept. Uh, and Robinhood lost 1.4 billion in Q1 of 2021, which according to the S1 included a $1.5 billion fair, uh, value adjustment to their convertible notes and warrant liabilities. That's mechanics around shares that were given. Uh, most of the uh, losses are going to be attributed to that GameStop uh, fiasco in January where everybody started buying and shorting stocks and it was just chaos and they had to halt trading. And they had to raise that billion dollars in a cash crunch. So Robinhood reported this is the most important number for me as an investor in high growth startups, 18 million funded accounts with 17.7 million monthly active users. Wow, funded accounts means uh, they have a bank account linked to them. And if you look at the year by year funded accounts chart, All the way from 2013, which I invested shortly before that to 2021. It is unbelievable. The slope is what all startups dream of. This is an Airbnb, Uber, Facebook, Google like slope. It is just up and to the right. And you see these inflection points happen uh, as the company becomes more and more popular. This is one of the things about startups. You know, if you survive, you can then hit a tipping point, whether it's you know, something that is bittersweet, like this game stock, you know, fiasco where people are shorting stocks and buying them because they're part of meme culture and on a Reddit thread and and people go to war over shorting. It's crazy. Over 50% of the users are first time investors. That is amazing. This means Robinhood is the future of finance. They're getting the new investors. This bodes really well for them over 80% of these users were were acquired organically or through referral. This is one of the most brilliant things that they've ever done. Uh, They told me about this in the early days, Vlad, uh, that they would give a free stock to uh, people who signed up or if you refer somebody, in fact, I referred so many people by tweeting, they capped me at some number, it might have been $500 in stock, or maybe 500 people, I can't remember. So they've had unbelievable growth. And as I said, during that time period when they were having problems i said you know it reminds me a lot of the days of uber when they had surge pricing and there was big controversy around it sometimes a company hits an inflection point and they're just unprepared for that amount of activity and that is ultimately a good thing because you wind up having a whole bunch of people find out about your service embrace it use it etc now it's painful in the process to not have enough cars on the road not have enough airbnbs for people to stay in you know, there are bumps in the road. When you make an omelet, you got to crack some eggs, it is difficult to be a founder of a high growth startup. And what matters is not that you have these moments where you trip, you fall, you stumble, you're misunderstood, things break, it's that you get back up and you fight and you fight and you fight to learn from your mistakes and to build a better service. Okay, so some more highlights of the insane growth from the first quarter of 2020 to the first quarter of 2021. Monthly active users doubled from 8.6 million to 17.7 million. Just let that sink in. In a year, they doubled the number of monthly active users. The chart is bonkers looking. Uh, we'll put that if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it. Um, and to look at uh, the amount of assets under management, again, from Q1 2020 to Q1 2021, one year, assets under custody went from 19 billion to 81 billion, 4x. Revenue went up 300% tripled. And the average revenue per user, you might hear that referred to as arpu in the industry increased 60% from $82.90 to $137 per user. In other words, they're making serious money off of users already. And that will keep going up. What if they introduce Robin Hood mortgages or think about all the different financial services they could add now as a trusted partner on your phone already, they're making $137 per user, what if they had mortgages and, and car loans and any number of other devices, savings account checking accounts, you get the idea, there's so much you can do in finance. And so their user base uh, is huge. How does it compare to other folks in the industry? Well, Charles Schwab has 32 million accounts that includes TD Ameritrade. They were founded in 1971. They have a 42 year head start. I've seen this movie before people talked about MySpace and Facebook and oh my god, Facebook would never catch up to MySpace. I think we know how that story went. And Q1 trading revenue for um Charles Schwab 1.2 billion their market cap 138 billion. If you look at Fidelity 26 million accounts, they've been around for 35 years uh and then if you look at Etrade 5.2 million accounts plus Morgan Stanley's 3 million. In other words, and, and Etrade was launched in 1982 uh, in Palo Alto, 31 year head start there. So this is um amazing to see anybody crack into you know, the likes of Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity and e people didn't think this could be done. Uh, and I, when I heard their crazy idea to compete here, I was like, Hmm, that's the kind of crazy I like to invest in. What if it does work? And, you know, I got lucky, uh, again, but it is one of the great lessons of my career is that the crazy founders who have audacious goals and who execute at a very high level and are consumer focused, uh, they tend to win. So In October of 2019, the major brokerages followed Robinhood into the zero commission model. That's when you know you've really made an impact is when everybody else changes their behavior. You saw this with Airbnb, the hotel chains, Bonvoy, I noticed when I was on their website was offering me kind of Airbnb type uh, options with my Bonvoy points for Marriott. And Charles Schwab went first, then TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, Fidelity, and others followed later. You saw the similar trend when uh, Tesla Launched electric cars. Now Ford, Volvo, everybody is revolved and pivoted their businesses from ICE engines, internal combustion engines, the ICE engine, to being EVs. So this is when you've had a big, big, big impact. And of course, you know you you have the trend. You, you have some disruptor come in, creates a new business model, creates consolidation. Because of this crazy consolidation, things like E Trade and Inter- uh, TD Ameritrade, uh, who were relying on fees. They were just in a a very weaker financial position and were acquired. This is the nature of our industry. Your margin is my opportunity. Your margin, my opportunity. Somebody is making money from smartphones. Android makes it free. Microsoft is making money from Office. Google makes it free or low cost. You get the idea. So, uh, lots of interesting takes out there. John Street Capital, a Twitter handle, uh, pointed out that the potential impact of the stimulus checks on Robinhood's net deposits which increase for all cohorts by the largest amount ever in 2020 was uh, a thing. I think that's a a good observation. You know, you have crazy moments in history and sometimes companies benefit from them and other times companies get crushed by them. And uh, here is the, the cumulative chart of net deposits by annual cohort. It is extraordinary to look at this bright green 2020 chart where just boom, a bunch of money was put into accounts and their cohort revenue, incredible. When you look at cohort data, what it means is, how is this uh, group of users behaving in their second year, third year and fourth year on the service, right? So if you signed up in 2017, uh, you can look at how much more people spent in year two, three and four. And when you look at that cohort data, the average revenue per user Cumulative net deposits, all this stuff is growing wildly. So if you look at this per user cohort data, it is really incredible to look at. In other words, people signed up in year one were spending 3.6 times as much in year two, 3.3 times as much in year three, and 7.6 times as much in year four. Now you look at 2018. In their second year, they're spending 2x. In their third year, 4.2. People signed up in 2019. In their second year, we're doing 3.9x. This cohort analysis is, you know, something that every founder does when they are um, locking in users and trying to understand their product, your product could be tapping into different user groups. So you can even do cohort analysis by people who signed up from an advertisement on TV versus an ad on Instagram, or from a referral versus people who signed up organically or from an unknown source, all different types of cohort analysis is really a game changer for founder. So it's something you should uh, learn how to do. And so while they had incredible growth in 2021, there are still some kinks they have to work out, which they referenced in their s one payment for order flow, which makes up the majority of their revenue. uh, And they rely on here's from the s one, any new or heightened PFOF payment for uh, order flow regulation may result in increased compliance costs and otherwise may materially decrease our transaction based revenue, they can move to things like a $10 a month subscription, they have a pro account. These things are super easy. uh, I think for me, I think of them is easy because I've seen this before. You know, just like Uber has to navigate, you know, regulations around are these full time employees or part time employees, companies figure it out. Airbnb has to navigate different geolocations where people have different regulations. That's part of growing a large business. When you have a lot of resources, a lot of customers, you can figure it out. So here's another quote Because certain of our competitors either do not engage in payment for order flow or derive a lower percentage of their revenues from PFOF than we do, any such heightened regulation or ban of PFOF could have an outsized impact on our results of operations. Uh, They've had a number of lawsuits 50 class action lawsuits, penalties from regulators. As many people know, FINRA, uh, the Financial Industry Regulation Authority, uh, gave Robinhood a pretty serious fine $70 million serious in terms of it was I think the largest FINRA's ever given in their 14 year history. Obviously, it's not a huge fine when looked at the value of Robin overall. But we've seen these kind of things before, whether it's Airbnb, Uber, you know, many different companies have gotten fines. And it is sometimes the cost of doing innovation, sometimes they're self inflicted wounds. What's important is you take ownership, you learn from them, and you build a better company, I would say in Robinhood's case, they've done this. Um, The settlement was because of the technical failures they had and a reported lack of due diligence before approving customers to place options trades options trading. There's many people who believe anybody should be able to do it and that, you know, it is strange, bizarre, unfair, that civilians, new people can't do options trading and powerful rich people do have these you know, it's it's a debate. Uh, I think everybody need I don't do options trading. I think it's kind of crazy and dangerous and shorting stuff. I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. I like to buy and hold. But other people like to do these things. Should they be free to do it? One argument is people are free to go to play poker, or blackjack or bet on sports or do fantasy sports. And then they should be allowed to do this. You know, it's it's an important debate, I think. I err on the side of educating people and once educated, letting them do what they want with their money. Misleading c- customers about trading on margin is another thing, you know, what came up in this Finra investigation. So, this stuff is uh, important. They've addressed it and they're now providing much more educational services to their customers. And they actually removed the confetti feature when investors made trades, which I find th- the that is kind of silly. I mean, if people make an investment and throw confetti like we pop champagne corks when we make an investment in companies certainly when you know Robinhood goes public I- i'll get a bottle of Veuve yellow label i'll pop it open that night you can be damn sure of that um, i don't know why that's an issue for people the gamification of everything is upon us you know when people bet on sports and they do scratch off tickets or they do lotteries they have ping pong balls like should we not have the ping pong balls and people dressed up and you know, evening gowns and tuxedos when they do the lottery. I mean, it just that that was a weird one for me. So anyway, what does it all tell us? Obviously, the ARPU, the monthly users, the total revenue, the net deposits. I mean, this is unbelievable. And it's just the start. I believe obviously, I'm a fan of the company. Obviously, I'm an interested party. Obviously, I've got a lot of shares. I'm going to be holding my shares, uh, my personal shares when you have a venture fund. You know, obviously I'll get 20%, uh, the carry of that fund. So 20% of the shares our fund bought are going to go to me and I'm not selling those shares. They're going right into my brokerage account. I'm going to sit on those because I I think this company is a company for the ages. I believe uh, in these founders. I believe in the product. The proof is in the pudding. And as we say on the all in podcast with my besties, still my besties, you got to ride your winners. And really, this is about the youth movement. In financial services. Think about this for a second. We saw before, before in that cohort data that people were spending and investing two, three, four times as much, and that they have all these young people getting educated about finance. Somebody who's 25, 30 years old, 35 years old, who has got Robinhood on their phone and they're figuring it out, or maybe even Coinbase or Wealthfront. What are these consumers going to be like when they're 45, 55, 65? And they're going to live a long time, right? I think we're going to have life extensions. When they're 95, man, they're going to be using Robinhood for 20, 30, 40 years potentially. What is their activity and what are their portfolios going to look like in 20, 35, 45, and 55? I hope I'm around to see it. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This Week in Startups is brought to you by LinkedIn Marketing. To redeem a $100 LinkedIn ad credit and launch your first campaign, go to linkedin.com slash This Week in Startups.